you know, I'm a big STI guy. Like, I'm dying for a staccato C. Um, I almost thought you were going to say STD guy, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, 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 too much, too much information. I, I like you, but yeah. Hey, can no, you I, get like, can I'm, you get COVID from a toilet seat? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Uh, <laughs> only if you lick it. <laughs> Meet the pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers to talk about training, guns, gear, gadgets, and political activism. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. So we have Yehuda today. He's a published author. He has five different books out on the market, two-way advocate, public speaker, and the Pew Pew Jew is what he goes by. Great to have you on, sir. Yeah, great to be here. Excited. And you're in Texas, the free state, land of the free, right? You know, surprisingly, it's not as free as uh, other states, but I'll take what I can get considering I'm from California. So what led you to move to Texas from California? Was it work-related or were you moving away from tyranny? Freedom. Uh, My wife and I, it's funny, you know, we talk about it now and we look back at the reasons why we moved, uh, mainly being, you know, our politics align with Texas politics a lot more than California politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is looking back now, the world that we lived in in California when we decided to move is not nearly as bad as it is now. Mm. I mean, in six years, it, I thought it was in the crapper back then, but it, it were, I mean, it's like we're talking about it's in the sewer right now. Yeah, I got out of the Golden State in 2010. And, and I agree at that time it was unacceptable. And that was not the only reason I left California, but it was certainly high on the list. And, and yeah, I talked to some of my friends that are still out there working in the film and television industry that are actually gun people. They do exist. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely out of control out there. Yeah, our daughter lives in, I mean, my sister lives in Highland and our daughter's in San Francisco. She's actually moving back in June. Her husband, <laughs> husband's in the Navy. Good for her. San Francisco sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, something, it's something different. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I, am, I, am, I have an absolute um, belief in my religion. Um, I will not knock anybody else's religion. But I am very comfortable with my religion. I love my religion. Um, and I get a lot of flack from people. They're like, oh, you know, all religion is bad. Judaism, you're just brainwashed. I'm like, 
I'm, I'm not because I'm an adult and I can choose to make my own decisions. There you go. Um, that, that said, the hard thing is there's a lot of classes. There's a lot of events that happen on Saturday. Yeah. My mindset is if me being somewhere will make a difference, whether it's being an activist whether it's, you know, the NRA show is all, I, I'm never there on Saturdays. I only go Friday and Sunday. If me being at a certain place, a certain location will make a difference to, let's say, the country or my personal livelihood, it will not happen on Saturday. It will happen on a Friday. It'll happen on a Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Me being anywhere on the Saturday will never ever have any bearing whatsoever um, on any kind of situation. And I, and I firmly believe that. So what do you do on Saturday? What's specifically, what's the, the typical Saturday for the Pew Pew Jew? Oh man. So, so it starts Friday night, right? So we have our Sabbath. It starts Friday night at sundown. Um, a normal Sabbath, you know, we, we go to our synagogue Friday night when we're allowed to, uh, we go to, a synagogue come home uh we have a great meal my wife is a fantastic cook so she'll make you know chicken meat rice potatoes broccoli i mean you name it it's like a whole feast um but okay then next day on saturday we go back to synagogue and then usually we get together with friends in the afternoon have another nice meal and then uh saturday night the the uh the sabbath ends but in those 25 hours of the sabbath there you know, there's, there's no phones, there's no cars, there's no electricity. Um, now, when I say no electricity, that means I can't actually turn something on and off. If, if let's say, you know, there's a, uh, my, my kids, my kids uh, have little kids. So we'll keep a hallway light on prior overnight and over 25 hours, we don't turn it off. Uh, we, you know, if we want food warmed up, we have a hot plate and we have it on a timer so that the hot plate will get hot and then we can put the food on on Saturday morning. And then by the time lunch rolls around, the food's warm. So, um, that's really it. I mean, there, there, like I said, there's no, no driving. It's, it's amazing that I'm not connected to the news. I'm not connected Mm. to my phone. It's literally 25 hours of unplugging. Like yeah, a, I think I think that in itself would be very healing, <laughs> most well, certainly. It, it's so freeing. Yeah. It, it, I can't even begin to it, describe it. If you if you can do twenty four hours without any kind of connection to the right. news or phone, it it's just mentally it's so healthy. It's like back in the olden days on the farm, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's good advice for anybody just to unplug it and get away from the negativism that that we're surrounded with. Hi, I'm Bram Frank with CSSDSC.com. I make knives and trainers, and this is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Join us July 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a special training event with Master Bram Frank. Sign up on the Common Sense Self-Defense website or on the Meet the Pressers Facebook page. Meet the Pressers. I have a question, you know, as far as your, your uh, convictions with your religion, has it affected your concealed carry lifestyle in any way? That's a great question. Cause I get that a lot. So um, 
I talked to my rabbi when I first got my, so back in California, I had three guns. Um, I brought them here. I tried getting a, a license to carry in California. Obviously it's nearly impossible, but the minute I got to Texas, I think within six weeks of moving here, I had a license to carry. Um, my rabbi knew, the rabbi of my synagogue knew that I was carrying and he was okay with it. Now, a lot of people over the last six years would say, oh, you know, it, there's no purpose for it on Sabbath. So you, it, it's, I don't know how to translate it, but there's a lot of people who say you, you shouldn't be carrying it. Not necessarily because you're bringing a weapon into the synagogue, but for other religious reasons. But I was like, no, I, I think there is a reason for it. Um, to, to the point now, now one of the leading rabbis in the entire world came out and said, if you are a Jew and you have the ability to carry a firearm, not only are, should you, but even on the Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. If they're gonna, if they know that you're unarmed on the Sabbath, then that's when they're gonna attack you. Just like the no, you know, no guns in school, no school zone, you know, no guns, school zone signs. Right. You know what, you know what I mean? Gun free um, zones. Yeah. yeah, gun free zones. There you go. I was mixing them. But uh, you know, in a case like that, that's where they're going. That's where the bad guy's going. Now, this is a question for you. Yeah. Um, if if the uh, the politicians get their way and they make um, they make it so you have to use biometrics to be able to make the gun work, well, that's electronic. So now you wouldn't be able to carry on the Sabbath. That's a very very valid question. Um, and that could be a lawsuit that I've never been asked. Mm, that would be a great lawsuit. Now I'm kind of hoping that that happens. So I, 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 I bet Josh Prince would be interested in that lawsuit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly I don't think they're ever going to get to a smart gun technology or at least adopt it uh there are too many people i mean if you think a lockdown right now is going to be as bad and you know your freedoms are being taken away when they mandate you that you can only have a 22 caliber smart gun piece of junk right now forcing someone to stay in their home is one thing but taking our guns from us yeah whole different ball game yeah Yes. April 19th, 1775, you know, prior to that, there were petitions, there were protests, there were letters written, there were complaints made, but when they finally came to take the guns, that was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, Time for diplomacy was over. April 19th. I mean, the shot heard around the world. Uh, If they come for our guns, then you are seriously going to see some bad stuff happening. Well, they have been slowly but sure, surely over the years. So I think well, that's it's, that it's that slow erosion. That's that's where we get kind of trapped or or we lose sight of things. Yeah, it's like, like putting a lobster in water, right? Yeah. Well, what's going on now with this with all the COVID lockdowns and stuff? I can't imagine that we're going to get back to exactly how we were pre this COVID stuff. Like, no there's going to be more subtle erosions and, and people will just be so happy to get out and go to work that they won't notice that now this happened or that happened, whatever the case might be. And, you know, that's where people tend to lose sight of the big picture. Well, and that's how we are in New York. I mean, they, they, they deemed that liquor stores are essential, but ranges and gun stores are not. This is Akil Kadir. And I'm Tiffany Johnson with Citizen Safety Academy, and you are watching Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers. So you're uh, 2A advocacy. What, what kind of things do you do? Do you, do you travel the country? You're also a public speaker. So is that public speaker specifically for the 2A advocacy, or are they two separate entities, two separate beasts, if you will? 
Well, it's interesting. So, you know, it's slowed down a little just because of everything that's been going on. Mm -hmm. Um, My advocacy starts at home. Uh, I try very hard to educate not just uh, people uh, on their Second Amendment rights, but one of the big things that I try, I try very hard to do is to educate Jews on their Second Amendment rights. Um, unfortunately, Jews have a very bad rap, uh, bad rep of being anti-gun, which in a lot of cases is true. I am trying to change that. I'm trying to show the country that not all Jews are anti-gun. Um, that's why I've written, I mean, that's why, you know, I've launched the whole Pew Pew Jew brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all my t-shirts and my posters and, and all this great stuff that I, that I absolutely love. As a author, you've got a few books out. I do. Yes. Is, is that your bread and butter? Is that how um, you keep the lights on? Yes and no. My wife is how we keep the lights on right now. Oh, um, I, I know that one very, but, very well. <laughs> but we no, we all um, thank our wives, right? Oh yeah, for sure. My my wife, um, I'm shocked that she's still married to me after 12 years. Um, I am the husband that will just annoy the living hell out of her because it's fun. <laughs> um, I treat her like a queen. She's my goddess, and she knows that. But um, I'm I'm I do not stop ever harassing her and especially now that she's home i mean let's just let's just put it this way if i worked at a, a another business that wasn't my house the 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 sexual uh harassment lawsuits would be piling up right now um but you know um my, my wife is my wife is a a fun fun girl who um shockingly like i said has a sense of humor where she puts up with me. So, uh, you know. So wait a minute, you, you go around sniffing random women's hair too? Oh, that's very <laughs> presidential. Well, no. I, on, I, only do, I only do that because I have to live vicariously through them. Ah, uh, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so does, does your wife shoot? No. No? Yeah, I, it drives me crazy. The um, kids? My 10-year-old son, he loves it. He's obsessed with shooting. I mean, he is, it, it, it's fantastic. We were at somebody's house and they were talking, you know, we were talking about guns and gun safety and stuff like that. And um, I had my 43X on me and, you know, I cleared it and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to show you something because they were talking about how they have kids in the house and they're thinking about getting a gun. Like, I want to show you something. So I called my 10 year old over and I, there was no round in the chamber, but the magazine was in and I turned to him like, Hey buddy, and he takes the gun, and it didn't even phase him. He takes the gun, you know, looks to see. He takes the magazine out, looks to see, fingers off the trigger, pointed, you know, right. And then he just gives it back to me, and he goes to continues to play basketball. And this couple was just like, "What the f-? like?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "No, I mean, you know, he's been reading my my uh, my safety book." since before it got published. I mean, it took me five years to get it published. So um, he's been reading it and he knows all the rules. My daughter knows the rules. She's eight years old, but she has not, pun intended, pulled the trigger yet and and gone shooting. As soon as my daughter's ready, I told her the first shot she has, I will take the casing, drill a little hole through it and make a necklace for her. And she's like, 
that's a good idea. Well, now, yeah, idea. it's a great idea because it, it, she so wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Push her over just, the edge with that, yeah. Just but she's bit. not there yet, and I'm not yeah. going to push her. My four-year-old is never touching a gun ever because the kid is Satan's spawn, <laughs> and he's the most terrifying child on the face of the planet. <laughs> oh, um, goodness. He, he looks like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> he's got the blonde hair and like the, it, he, the kid is an absolute monster of a child and my partner in crime and that's why he will never touch a gun ever the, the good thing is my, my little guy my four-year-old like i'm a very big believer and i and this is something I, I i preach and speak about all the time is you need to get your children involved yes with the firearms and not that doesn't mean you know taking them shooting that that's not getting. I mean, yeah. that's of course getting them involved. But when I strip down my guns and I clean them, I let my kids bore the snake, right? They're they're, they're nice. cleaning, they're cleaning the barrel. Um, if my son ever wants to touch my gun, like my four year old was walking, I had my Glock on me, I was walking to give him a um, a shower, and he sees my gun and he goes, "Oh, daddy, there's your gun," and he goes, "Can I touch it?" And I was like, "Well, first what what are we not allowed to touch? He goes, the trigger. And I go, where do you keep your finger? He goes, off of it. Now, That's awesome. Now, granted, I still don't trust him, but you need to start somewhere, right? You know, multiple so, touches, right? Right, right. So after he told me this, I was like, okay. I took my gun out. I cleared it. I said, see, there's no bullets in there. And then I proceeded to let him, He just he just goes like this. Right. But he, I am taking away that cool factor. I'm taking away the mystique right. of a firearm. Yeah, demystifying it. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's so important to do that, to get kids involved. And, you know, it, like, like my rabbi, like I just told you who just bought a gun yesterday. Right. He's like, well, what do I, what do I tell my kids? I'm like that you bought a gun. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> like no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell your kids you got a gun. Right. And I said, do your kids ever try to find their Hanukkah presents when you, you know, wrap them up? It's the same thing with Christmas presents, right? Like your kids, kids are automatically, they, they are inquisitive. They are looking to get into trouble. I said, they will find the gun. It's that simple. Taking away the mystique, mm-hmm. telling them, hey, if you ever want to see the gun, I'm more than happy to show, show it to you. Just come to daddy, come to mommy. We will show it to you. And he's like, Oh, oh, okay. I, then like you see the wheels turning right? and it's something that I, I'm very, I try to promote a lot. Yeah. I think programs like Eddie Eagle are very well intended, but if you just leave it at the end of the Eddie Eagle program, it reinforces that fear stigma that, Oh, it's something I got to stay away from. Yeah. If you don't have training at all, or if you're like a teeny tiny kid, then yeah, stop, don't touch, run away, tell an adult is an excellent message. But when that kid sees that gun and gets exposure to it, then I think we as the responsible gun owners especially need to then start that educational process. And maybe that means taking to the range. Maybe that means just allowing, like you did, allowing them to safely handle or touch the gun or see how it tears apart and help clean with it, show how you store it, whatever that is. But we need to start acclimating them to proper gun usage so that they don't reinforce that fear and inhibition or uh, you know, that curiosity about the gun. Cause if, if we don't do that, they're going to learn from the flashy TV on the, mm-hmm. on the wall. And we Oops. know that's rife 
with uh, bad, bad uh, in, uh, influence. No, a hundred percent. And I actually, a lot of people talk about that. They're like, oh, does that, like, what about the Eddie Eagle program? What about Project Child Safe? I'm like, look, honestly, the Eddie Eagle program is an amazing program. They've reached so many kids in the last 35 years. But I said, but they haven't changed anything in 35 years. The only thing they talked about is what to do if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be. We all know that there's so much more to firearm safety. And that's actually what prompted me to write my book is that when I bought, when my parents found out, even though I, I was married, two kids out of the home, when my parents found out that I owned a gun, they didn't know about my other two. They just knew about my Glock. Um, they went ballistic. And for me, it was more. That's well, ironic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You would think. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, it's to, to me, it was like, okay, well, I'm mature. You know, I'm responsible enough to get married, to have kids live on my own, but I'm not responsible enough to own a tool in the home. So I was like, okay, I need to educate my children. And of course you go to the NRA. Um, this was already 10 years ago, went to the NRA website. You found the Eddie Eagle program. Great. Downloaded the little video. My kids loved it. But then I'm like, whoa, but they don't talk about the four rules. And I was like shocked that there was nothing on the market for children, not, not for adults to talk to children, for children right. specifically to write or, or to be able to read about firearms education, firearm safety. At their level. At their level. And that's why I wrote the book. And everyone's like, well, you've never, ever, I, my friends know I like writing. They're like, you know, you've, you've written articles, you've done this, but you've never written a children's book. I'm like, is it that hard? I'm like, I was a child I, once. I, I was, yeah. And also like, how hard is it to like, say my daddy taught me this. It's like not that hard. So um, my, yeah, my wife still says I'm a child. So oh, my, my, my wife says she has four kids, not three. <laughs> so uh, that goes along in my classes when it comes to the Eddie Eagle, you know, I'll say that and I'll say that's great. But I say that we also need to, because there's inquisitive kids. I know when I was a kid, if you ever watched the, the Dateline NBC thing where they put the kids in the room, they tell the kid not to touch the gun, they yes. leave the room and then they video record it. And, and what are they watching? Even cake. Like they'll put a cake there. Don't touch this cake. It's poisonous cake or whatever. I mean, and the kid still goes up and like, hmm, that's, they'll never know. And then they're smearing it to cover up their fingerprints. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to teach them about the gun. I'd rather teach my kids uh, than have a neighbor or have somebody teach them the wrong way. I mean, look, right, right now, the Dallas County said that, you know, law enforcement's not going to respond to like small thefts and stuff like yep. that. My wife freaked out. What did I do? I have a my AR-15 literally right leaning up against my bed, magazine in the well, not chambered, magazine in the well. My kids walk by it. Anytime they come into our room, they see it. And you know what? They, it's never once jumped up. They don't care. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. didn't go boo. Right. They, if, my, my son, my 10-year-old my loves my AR-15. He loves shooting it. So when he sees it by my bed, he's like, can I hold it again? And I'm like, sure. At least he's asking, and, right? Right. And he's asking. You take away the, that, that mystique of it again. It's so important that they just won't care. It's not going to be – it's not going to be cool. Shooting a right. gun is not cool. It can be fun, but it's not cool to them anymore. I'm Grant Schmidt with Shot Tech LLC, and this is Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers. 
how does somebody end up purchasing your book? How could they find that out, find that information out and actually uh, support you that way? Yeah. So or your book, if, you, if you feel my Herbie Hancock is worth 10 bucks, um, you can go to my website, the Um Otherwise, Amazon. But uh, I have five books. I have a joke book, 105 explosive gun jokes. I have the ABCs of guns. I have a book called 27 Words, which is a breakdown of the 27 words of the Second Amendment for children. Nice. Um, so I, I've got a bunch of stuff, um, a lot of fun stuff on my site. So uh, Pew Pew Jew, what was your alternate to that? Did you come up with like three and pick the best one or? No. Okay. So someone, I, I, I think it was John Richardson. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know John. Um, he's a great 2A advocate and a blogger, a great guy, um, heart of gold. And I called him to get some advice. And this was, God two years ago Mm -hmm. and we're on the phone. I I remember clearly we were on the way, my wife and I were on our way to dinner and my wife was like nagging me in the car because I was on the phone for like 40 minutes. Um, And he's like, yeah, you know, there's no Jews doing the advocacy like you're doing. He's like, it's kind of like you're the pew pew Jew. (laughs) And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, like the light bulb goes off in my head and, I call my illustrator who do, who's done uh, five out of most of my books. Um, and I'm like, dude, I need a logo with a star of David, the words, the pew, pew, Jew, and a gun all in one. <laughs> and I mean, that's a tall order, right? Yeah. And three days later, the logo that you see, uh, I'll show it to you right here. That right there. Um, three days later. He goes, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, done. Finish it. Make yeah. it. Oh. I need it. Um, awesome. I created a website, the pewpewju.com. Uh, I had a bunch of original t-shirts. Um, one of them, like I have this, I have this on a t-shirt. Gun control is not kosher. <laughs> um <laughs> I have those as That's a patch. Awesome. I have those as a patch as well. I have a T-shirt with uh, Moses holding the two tablets, and what on one tablet says two A, the other one says God given right, and his other hand's an AR-15. Um, I have one of uh, Samson standing on a pile of bodies that says welcome. Uh, he's flexing and says welcome to the gun show. <laughs> uh, but then I just have like the like this one. Awesome. This one is. Um, it says Bo come and take it in Hebrew. That's cool. um, so you know, I, I have just a lot of really fun stuff. I sell art that I've made, my little African MP5 piece behind me. Mm-hmm. So I my, my my website's vast, it's a lot of fun. I sell these as well. These I I over but not big. I have like thought he was rich for the white. hand sanitizer. Oh yeah, no, I have the black and white camo. Oh, look at that. Namaka and I have this one. Be the first kid on your block to have your official issue Meet the Pressers logoed gear. Visit the Meet the Pressers merchandise page on BallisticInc.com to get your high-quality, American-made Meet the Pressers shirts and hats. My, my saying is life has enough drama in it as it is. There's no exactly. reason to add to it. You know? Exactly. 100%. 100%. <laughs> That's why, you know, 
that's why I, I try to do a lot of education on my podcast and I mean on my Instagram lives and stuff like that through humor. That's why, that's why I know people who post like gun memes get a lot of crap, but I post a ton of them um, on my page just because it makes people laugh. And yeah, sometimes there's a point to that meme. Yeah. And you know, I, I just have a good time with it. And, and I've got, Man, I've got so many people giving me flack for things. I have Jews. I posted something about um, wasn't not listening to the government. It was ba- oh, ba- basically said the same people. It, what was it? If the government told there was a picture of Auschwitz in the background, and said and said if the government told you you must go into a corona-free or a COVID nineteen-free camp for your safety, so many people would jump on the train without a problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Yep. And I had this one person who supposedly is Jewish and she started throwing her medical degree and her, 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 uh, IG handles like for Virginia gun girl, something like that. And I'm like, and then she goes off saying that I'm doing this whole thing. Like I'm telling people to go against government, their, their idea of, you know, uh, social distancing. I'm like, wh- where? When did I ever do that? Right. And then she finally just said, you know, forget you. I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, see you later. Drama, dude. Drama. Them Virginia people. people. More drama. Them Virginia people. I tell you. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Love Virginia. Awesome. Well, it's been, like I said, awesome having you on. Glad uh, we were able to to get together and chat a little bit and talk about faith and politics and everything else. Yeah. It was great having you on the show, man. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay safe and shoot straight. Meet the Pressers. I'm John Wayne. Is there any better or equal hope in the world, Lincoln asked, than the ultimate justice of the people? We Americans believe there is not. The stonework of our national life is made of this belief. Some of our national spirit shows up in the monuments we erect. The large ones the small ones. Our heritage of freedom is our most priceless possession, and before us have died to keep it alive, and men in our times have done the same. But although men have died to preserve it, and may die again. The glory of this heritage is the vision of life that it has given us, a life of dignity and nobility of spirit such as men have never before been enriched by in the long march through the history they have recorded. There is a phrase which recurs in our national documents. The literature of our story as a people which points to the source of our belief in individual freedom and defines perhaps better than any other 
the nub of the conflict between the opposing systems of values which sweep the world today. That phrase is, this nation under God. That phrase and others like it set the standard of our concept of man. As a creature of God, man is a being with dignity and conscience, with the ability to determine right from wrong and the obligation to act on that right. From this belief in man as a responsible being flow the beliefs in his other qualifications which we accept, usually even without bothering to think about them, as parts of that vague condition which we call the American way. His ability, indeed his right to explore the truth in all things, his ability to govern himself, and his ability to handle his own economic problems. We believe in many things, but this belief that man is a responsible being bears out our own unique stamp as a nation. sponsors to make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, Adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.